Hi, welcome to the Better Than Nothing podcast. I am your host, Miranda, by myself. There's nobody here but me to tell you that you look beautiful today. I hope you are all doing so well. And, you know, I hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. It's just me here today. My sister, Rachel, she unfortunately decided that she wanted to quit the podcast. She said, Miranda, you're ugly. You're disgusting. I'm going to kill you. Give me $200. And no, wait, just kidding. That was Dr. Phil, not my sister. So basically we had some technical difficulties uh, recording the other day. So it's just me here. And for some reason, the beginning of the podcast got all chopped up to bits. I really have no idea what happened. Honestly, no, Rachel did not quit. That was a joke. It's 100% a joke. This feels oddly weird hanging out here by myself. Kind of feel directionless. Kind of feels weird talking to yourself. But, you know, we improvise, we adapt, we overcome. Today, I wanted to chat a little bit about my hair care routine because apparently some people want to know. And you know what? I'm here to tell you everything that I do. If my kids would leave me alone for long enough to record a podcast episode, you know, when I sat down and I was had was just about to hit record, I realized I forgot my water. You know, when you are running around and you like, well, you get up to grab one thing and then you forget that one thing. Yeah, that's basically what happened to me. So today, let's chat a little bit. I uh, have a hair care routine that seems kind of specific. I will do my best to explain it as fun as possible. Gosh, this is so weird about Rachel. I don't even know if I want to talk about hair. So I start my hair care routine with a, this is like after a week of, you know, not washing it. And it's just loaded with all the product you can imagine. We're talking pounds of dry shampoo, baby. You've been there. I'm there yesterday. I actually washed my hair today. So I'm actually, I got a, a cleaner head than you. So anyway, you got pounds of dry shampoo in your hair and you, this happens every week, right? You build up the shampoo. So you got to remove that by, there's a, a, a few ways to do that. Personally, I like to use a clarifying shampoo and the clarifying shampoo that I use is either Briogeo clarifying scrub or this other one. I think it's called Tokyo Labs. I really don't know. I don't even think it's a Japanese brand if I'm being honest. Anyway. So I scrub that to hell in my hair and I'm just going to town. But you know, you got to be gentle. Your hair's very fragile when it's wet. So just, you know, don't rip that out of your scalp or anything. After I rinse that out, I also follow up with another shampoo. So like my normal shampoo that I use, I will follow up with that again. And the reason I do that is I actually shampoo my hair twice every time I shower, if you guys didn't know that. And I really lather that shampoo up. We're talking, that bitch is a foam 
a foam when I add it to my hair. It is the memory foam on my bed mattress and it's going. That's how thick that foam is, right? You can put your head down and sleep on it. It is such a thick foam. And that's when you apply it to your scalp. And I just run that through my hair, give it a nice rinse after, and you rinse out all that product. Then after you do that, sorry, after I do that, after I rinse my shampoo twice, I will follow up with a conditioner or a mask. Depends on my day, depends on what I'm feeling, depends on my future plans, you know, we're ever changing. It's all just, it's all just a, a trial and error. No, that's not the word. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. So after I get that mask in my hair, I just kind of fill my time by, oh, sorry, I should explain. I like to keep that mask in my hair for as long as possible. You know what I'm saying? I want to absorb every bit of that $30 shampoo, as you should too. So while that is soaking, I will shave my legs. I don't wash my body though. I'll explain that in a minute. I'll, I wash it later. Okay. I'm not that terrible. So, and then I will also either do like a armpit mask or like a face mask if that's the vibe that I'm feeling. And I just kind of, you know, clean ways, keep myself busy while I am marinating my hair. So once my hair is completely marinated and I've just lost complete interest in the whole thing, I will rinse that out and, excuse me, <clears throat> after that's rinsed out, what do I do, Miranda? I do something. I definitely do something. I, I, I finish washing my body. That's what I do. I wash my body after I get rid of all of the emollients, all the lotion-y, you know, the stuff, the hydrating stuff, the oils. I like to rinse all that off and then uh, follow up with my body soap to make sure I don't just leave conditioner on my skin somewhere because we're not trying to you know, activate any dormant acne somewhere. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's that. That's the end of my shower there. And then I, I use a specific towel. I use a microfiber, microfiber towel on my hair and that's it. I, and I don't even use that like immediately. I like let my hair like just dangle. So as my hair's dangling, dripping wet all over the floor, it is a mess. I am applying my scalp serum and the scalp serum is this, oh gosh, what is it? I can't remember what it's called. It's definitely called something. Um, can't remember. Oh, the ordinary something is a scalp serum, a hydrating scalp serum. And I just run that bitch all up in there. You don't want to make it too oily because it will become oily. Your hair will get oily if you apply it to a serum. Come on. It's just science, right? So after that, I will apply my bonding oil. This one's from Olaplex. I guess I didn't list any of the products that I use. The shampoo I use, hold, yeah, we're, we'll get back to my routine in a second. The shampoo I use right now is Pureology. The conditioner I use right now is Pureology. The hydrate line 
I don't even know if I need the hydrate line, if I'm being honest. It weighs my hair down so much. So I'm probably going to find a new shampoo soon. Anyway. Oh, gosh, that was a bad idea. Now I don't know where I was in my routine. Mm, Olaplex. So after I apply the I, I like apply just like two little shakes of it. If you have used the product, you know what I'm saying? You just like dab it out, right? So I dab out the, those two drops. I'm not sure how much that is. I cannot quantify that for you. So I dab that out, put it through the ends of my hair, specifically the ends. And then I'll go up like a little bit of the shaft. You know, you don't want to give too much oil again to the scalp because, you know, we're I got dark hair. You see every bit of oil on my scalp. So anyway, after I do the Olaplex, I will follow up with my heat protectant. And at this point, my hair isn't completely dripping wet anymore because I've like wrung a little bit of it out and I will get it. I'll basically saturate my hair once again with my heat protectant spray. And we're talking, it is worked in there. We're talking 50 sprays of heat protectant spray. I want my hair coated from root to tip baby. Okay. So where are we at? We got heat protectant spray. Oh, and then I follow up with it. Just, this also is d dependent on where I'm going, what's going on, what's the temperature. And I will either follow up with my, um, oh gosh, what is it? My air dry foam, which is from way. I like that stuff. I don't, I don't recommend falling asleep in it. I did that last night or no, not last night, last week I fell asleep in it and it didn't give the texture that I was wanting because I fell asleep with my hair wet, which I don't recommend, but I do all the time. We're not talking about that anyway. Oh, before I do the way I will actually like finished drying ish my hair. I'll get it to like a damp place and not so much a sopping wet. And I'll take a microfiber, microfiber towel or a t-shirt. If you don't have a microfiber towel, whatever you got on hand is good. Just not your run of the mill towel from Target, right? <clears throat> so yeah, I'll uh, let it hang out in that little turban, microfiber turban for five, 10 minutes, whatever. And then I take it out and I will run the way air dry foam shampoo. No air dry foam. It's there's no shampoo. Disregard that. So I'll run that through the ends of it and then I'll kind of like scrunch it a little bit. Depends on how I'm feeling. And then sometimes I might do a frizz ease sort of thing to like get rid of all the frizz if that is what's happening. It's not usually what's happening, to be honest with you guys. And I think that's basically it, I want to say. Um, yeah, if you you heard me correctly, if you did not hear anything about brushing, because actually my brushing happens before I shampoo, before my hair ever gets wet, I will brush my hair out. So I like to avoid brushing any bit of my hair while it's wet because that causes breakage. It causes ripping out of the scalp. Again, we're just trying to avoid some things if we can at all possible. And that's what I do. That's, that's pretty much it. 
sometimes it depends if I'll go into styling and I will use my Revlon oval shaped dry blow dryer. Yeah, I use that. Love. Absolutely love that thing. I've considered getting a Dyson, but like, oh, homie, who has $700? You heard me at the beginning. Rachel asked me for 200 I don't even have that. So like, who is going to spend $700 on a blow dryer? I had this plan. Hear me out. I have this plan. So if you, if you don't know, which you probably don't, I have like, oh gosh, $500 of Ulta points. And <laughs> I was saving up these points. So I have like, <laughs> like 10,000 points or something like that. As I have a ton of points at Ulta and I've been waiting to buy myself the Dyson, but once I finally got enough to pay for the Dyson, I was thinking like, do I actually really want it? So that's where I'm at. I have, uh, in what you would call a spending problem. Yeah. I like to spend money, honey. It's just my thing. If you've ever been curious about a product, there's a good chance I've bought it. And if you're curious, if I liked it, Go ahead and ask. I really, I really like these conversations. I love talking about hair and makeup. Oh gosh, I love it. It's probably my favorite topic. Truly, nothing better. If you also didn't know, I record on my makeup vanity, which is a piece of junk. Oh gosh, this vanity, not gonna lie, Vito, if you're listening, you did nothing wrong. As always, I chose wrong, not with you, the vanity. You're great. Van vanity bad, veto good. Okay. Vanity is uh, from this company called All Modern. And I was like, oh my gosh, all this stuff, so cute. And it seems to be high quality, right? It's 100% wood. We're looking good. Everything's good. If something says it's 100% wood, you know, you get it. So I get this vanity. And I realized, like, after I bought it, that it's a Wayfair brand. And, like, I was shocked because I'm somebody that's never had good luck on Wayfair. I, like, uh, I know that some people have really great luck with Wayfair products. Unfortunately, that's not me. I've had, like, I've bought, like, five things and every, all those five items, garbage. We're talking garbage. And I was really excited when I had found this new brand. I was like, cute. I love, I love mid-century modern. I soak that up into my blood vessels down to a cellular level, baby. Love mid-century modern. And then there was this brand that was all mid-century modern. And it was like, they're speaking directly to me. I felt so seen. And turns out it's all just fast merchandise. It's not fast fashion, fast merchandise, fast decor, something. I couldn't tell you what that's called. Really? Consumerism? Capitalism? Oh gosh, let's talk about, I'm just kidding. We're not going to talk about capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So I was so excited that I had found this. And anyway, vanity, hunk of junk. On top of this vanity is all my makeup that I just sit and stare at right now, currently staring at all my makeup. Truly, it feels like an accomplishment. Anyway, Rachel was, before we were rudely interrupted by Riverside, looking at you, River, Riverside is where we record. I don't know if I'm supposed to call them out so directly. Oh my gosh. Anyway, they chopped up her recording while they, we were having a a, a good conversation about books and she was chatting about wanting to find more spicy books and uh i don't know about you but finding spicy books seems to be a challenge i don't know exactly like <laughs> do i need to have chat gpt write me specifically what i'm looking for that feels like that doesn't that that doesn't feel exactly what I want to do. Anyway, she was saying that somebody had um, recommended this book to her and like the spicy scene was like one sentence. And that's embarrassing, honey. But anyway, I had told her about this book called, oh gosh, The Fixer. I can't remember who wrote it. Hang on. And this author... She has like a whole line of sexy, spicy books. Oh, what's her name? Her name is Helen K. Diamond. Demon. No, sorry, that's not it. That's not it. Demon. No, sorry. So fuck. Diamond. Demon. Anyway, so she has like a whole bunch of books. And one of them is called The Fixer. And it was it was pretty spicy. It probably could have turned up a notch or two. So I told her to read that. And if you are into spicy books, give it a read. I'm not saying it's like what I'm into, so don't get any ideas. But it was good. The storyline wasn't awful. I didn't feel like I was watching like the worst corn of my life. So yeah, I definitely would... I would like some more recommendations on two spicy novels that aren't, you know, shit. Because I bought like a few of them because I was like enjoying the genre. And like, oh gosh, the storylines are just like not my jive at all. So yeah, I think I like a mystery spicy book. Well, yeah, that's about it. I... I'm going to merge these two episodes together and hopefully, yeah, I'm not even going to edit the next, what you're about to listen to. I'm not even going to edit it. It's just going to go straight into whatever she and I were talking about. It's going to make no sense, but you know, listen, this is a two woman show here. We're doing our best. We're up against all odds up against everything and that's it so i'm gonna sign off here and i'm gonna sign off again but make sure you guys you know subscribe okay <laughs> is there anything that you wanted to add about the hair care like do or can people reach out i feel like you need to post the products on your story you know the whole yeah i 
I'm not a professional, so I definitely want to add that. I'm just somebody that has been trying to figure out their own hair. So, of course, if you're curious about a product and want me to look over ingredients, if that's what you want me to do, or just have any general questions, I can give you my best analysis. But again, I am not a professional in any aspect, so keep that in mind. Also, I ask my stylist, like when I go get my hair done, I ask her a million questions. So I implore you to all do that because she's going to know your hair best. I've been going to the same lady for like six years now. Yeah, I like that. And I know you and I had talked about like talking about skin or you had mentioned that. And I just don't like I don't feel comfortable talking about that. I'd rather bring on my esthetician to have her talk about skincare because... Mm -hmm just the mixing of different products like you might have Miranda you've always had flawless skin so for you it's not like a big deal but for someone who is acne prone like just slapping on these drugstore products like it's not doing anything for you so uh yeah I don't like to talk about like skin because of like I know there are professionals but I feel like hair it might be you know a different point of view um Hair. Yeah, I mean, I think hair health safer. is very different from skin. Yeah. Yeah, like the, the ends of your hair are not the face, right? And we're not talking about, you know, putting and I, I mean, I agree with you with I wouldn't, I don't even like answering many questions about like my skin, because I don't want people thinking that like, I've had some skincare journey, right? Because I haven't. And I wouldn't tell people what to do to get rid of their acne. Like, I, that's not what I can help you with. You know what I'm saying? I don't feel comfortable answering those questions. So I hear you. Yeah, I definitely think there's like low risk in the hair department. So you're good there. Mm -hmm. But thank and you I'm not going to give Miranda. them any advice on coloring your hair at home. Don't color your hair at home. That's it. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and get into our next topic and we can close this out for everybody. So I feel so compelled to talk about sleep because I think for a really long time, and you can tell me if this was something you fell victim to as well, Marina, but like for a long time, I, um, especially in my early twenties, like I like would not prioritize sleep. Like if I got five hours of sleep, great, like six hours of sleep, great. And I would just like live off of that. And even though maybe I might've been eating healthy or working out, that was something that would go to the wayside or like I wouldn't make a priority. And I thought for a long time that I could get away with six hours of sleep and still work out in the morning, five hours of sleep and still work out in the morning. Like all yeah, of these different things. That doesn't work like that. And it, it no, doesn't. and it's a, I think it's something, hopefully there's a different narrative now, but I know for me back then it was like, you just got to grind. You got to do what you right. got to do. It is. You know, sleep when you're dead. Kind of like uh, like you're working towards a dream. Like you have to sacrifice something. And for a long time I lived there until I realized as I started to educate myself how much sleep is an underrated quote unquote drug or um, supplement for ultimate like body changes or body composition improvements. And I just think it's something that's no pun intended really slept on. It is. And I think that the only reason I realized 
how much it was affecting me was because I was going on like months, you know, or like weeks of like literally no sleep. We're talking like three, five hours here and there. And other than just not getting any sleep and like that was really like the main stress, it, it really leaves an indentation and like you're recovering for like some like mothers recover for like years after oh, these yeah. first few years like of younger kids because we're kept up all the time, all the time, constant. Like we're just we're just up, we're up all the time. And so uh, yeah, no, I agree with you, and I think that's like so. A couple of things here, like just for women in general, like women alone who sleep like five hours or less every night are going to weigh more than a woman who sleeps seven hours a night. And think of the type of women who sleep five hours or less every night. Who's the first woman type of woman you're going to think of that? What? Who's the first type of woman you're going to think of who sleeps less than five hours a night? A mom. Yes. Yeah. A mama. Right. Mm-hmm. And those women weigh women who sleep five hours or less generally weigh more than someone who gets seven hours, seven hours or more of sleep per night. And that's kind of what I'm getting at is like, you're, you, you put moms in those category, you put women who are, uh, you know, maybe, um, night shift people who don't sleep in a regular circadian rhythm. You think of people who lived in that chronic heightened stress like I have been and I've talked about or like in that perpetual state of grind and you know sleep when you're dead and like hustle culture those types of women are those who are struggling who could be potentially struggling with fat loss and if they were to get this under control might be able to see you know those body composition changes that they've been striving for I agree with you. I do. I think that like all I've seen it, I guess on myself, I mean, maybe it hadn't, I don't know. In the first few weeks of postpartum, you know, nothing moves, right? Cause you're just, your body is going, you're not sleeping, but you're also like all of your attention and your body's attention is going to your baby. Right. So like, we're not worried about a damn thing. So I don't know if that really yeah. plays into here, but anyway, No, I just like your commentary. You're good. Uh, And like, so that's kind of just one thing, you know, one reason why you, if you're listening to this, you're like, why, if you're in maybe some of those camps, it's like, why should I care about prioritizing sleep as it relates to fat loss? Right. Well, like I said, first reason is if you sleep less than five hours, you're going to generally weigh more than women who sleep more than that. The second thing is you're even just after four nights of poor sleep, your body's ability to burn fat reduces by 30%. And if, yeah. And if it proceeds for two weeks, that number increases to 50%. So you're just digging yourself in a hole. Yes. And I'll explain why. So you're just digging yourself in a hole at this point, like, especially like I'm really speaking to, I'm not speaking to moms because like you're in the season of life where sleep is hard to come by and you're going to just get it when you can. 
and it's, I don't want to add more stress to your table, to your plate, but it's like to your table, but I just want to make it very known that when you're in that season of life, doing the, just the very best that you can is all you can do. But if you're in that hustle culture, if you are, um, a night shift worker or something of that nature, or you're just not simply just not prioritizing your sleep. I really want you to think about these two things, especially if you have fat loss goals. So can I stop you right there? Sure. Um, this is moms. If you're listening to this, absolutely hear what she's saying, because if you have people in your life that can support you in a way of getting you more sleep, let them let them, let them help. So like, does it look like you dropping your kids off at your mom's house, your dad's house, whatever it is, utilize everybody around you to get your sleep and not just for weight loss, right? Like that's, I'm telling you, you're going to go cuckoo bananas after years of no sleep. I'm experiencing it. My husband's experiencing it and absolutely prioritize that. I love that tip. And I think that relates to, I like on another note, but like relates to so much for moms, like carrying the load of everything, right? So when someone is willing to help or you're afraid to ask for help, like here's your permission slip, right? Here's your, here's your time to, to let someone come in so that you can be, you know, try to show up as best as you can for your family. Yeah. And don't, if anybody, and I don't think this happens, but it might, if anybody has ever made you feel bad for asking for support so you can get sleep, I really don't see the problem with like punching them in the nose. I don't, you know, like if you just fuck around and find out, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So, Okay. So, and I gave you some of those facts, right? Like, which I know that Miranda, you hadn't heard that before. And I want to go into like how that happens. Okay. So there's two things, um, that you need to understand happens when you are sleep deprived or you don't make, you know, sleep a priority. So first thing is, have you, Miranda, now I'm asking you this, do you know our hunger hormones, ghrelin and leptin? Do you know what they are? I don't know what you're talking about, but I know where you're going and I can't wait for you to go there. Okay. But no, I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) All right. So leptin is the full fullness promoting hormone. Okay. And then the hunger promoting hormone is ghrelin. Okay. These are hormones that I believe are in your brain. Yes, they are. I think so. I do know what I'm talking about. Okay. Anyways. So if you are someone who is sleeping seven plus hours a night, getting great rest. When you do sleep, that fullness promoting hormone leptin is going to increase. All right. Right. We all want to feel satiated. We all want to feel like when we eat and finish a meal, um, and we don't feel super stuffed, we just feel super content and we can go to, we can go three, four hours till our next meal. We all want that. Right. And then also, if we're getting really great sleep and sleeping plenty, getting seven hours, we are also promoting the hunger-promoting hormone, ghrelin, to decrease. So that hormone 
that usually makes you feel super hungry, feel like you can't go between, you know, one to two hours between meals, that hormone in your brain is going to decrease. Okay. And we all want that too, right? You can't lose, I mean, it makes it really hard to lose fat if you're hungry all the damn time, right? That's a lot more willpower you have to fight off to stay in a calorie deficit. So what she's saying to us mamas, mama, uh, is that when you're up all night with your kids, cause you're potty training or you're breastfeeding, I've been in both of those at the same time and with, you know, either one or two kids. Right. And when you're not sleeping at all and you wake up and you just eat for the rest of the day, you're a hundred percent valid to do that seriously, because you just didn't sleep at all the night before it's okay to eat. That's what, that's what I interpreted there. (laughs) Yeah, no, like that is probably why you're starving. Right. And the next token or the next point that I'm going to talk about, like it'll start to make sense why when you do like, let's say you do have like a five hour night sleep and you notice that you're hungry, hungrier throughout the day. It's because your body is asking for, it's trying to get energy, right? Yeah. It needs energy. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And it just, what I'm saying is if you have fat loss goals, that's where this gets hairy. Okay. Cause you can't, if you, you have plans to be in a calorie deficit, but you're sleeping like shit, you're going to make it a lot harder on yourself to reach those goals. If you're not prioritizing this point, because you will inadvertently eat more calories, potentially like if you're at maintenance, not lose weight or in a surplus and potentially gaining weight. So yeah, I want you to, I've, I've been there. I've been there. Hun- I've been there so many nights. Oh my gosh. When so, you wake up starving. Yeah. So, and that's, so what I'm getting at is when you are sleep deprived, this is what happens. Your leptin level, leptin levels, which I talked about was the fullness is going to decrease. Okay. While your ghrelin le- levels increase, which will make you feel hungrier. Okay. So as the the inversion happens when you get great sleep, right? Like you're balanced, your body feels relaxed, like you're not crave, you're not experiencing these cravings or anything, your status quo or uh, homeostasis. But if we are experiencing a lack of sleep, we are going to see the uh, inverse or whatever. You guys know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> we're going to see those, we're going to see and feel uh a decrease in that fullness, an increase in the hunger. So there's a little bit of what's happening at a hormone level. Now, the second thing I want to talk about is what's happening from a blood sugar perspective. Okay. Now stick with me here. So (laughs) lack of sleep, sleep deprivation is going to lead to increased blood sugar levels. Okay. That is where that fact that I threw out earlier, how four days of sleep is going to lower your ability to um, burn body fat by 30%. That's where this comes in. Okay. Um, so when we have excess insulin and blood sugar in our bloodstream, it's sitting on, hang on, body. hang on, hang yes. on. When you have excess insulin, where? Excess insulin and blood sugar in your bloodstream. Okay. Sorry. Okay. No, you're good. Um, this is going to signal our body to put that. So think excess. So too much insulin, too much blood sugar in the bloodstream. 
that excess sugar has to go somewhere. Okay. Mm Because we can't burn it off at that clip. So it's going to be stored. That can be stored in liver and muscles. Um, But when we have too much of this, it's going to be stored as fat, which is where it's going to lead to that weight gain. Okay. Now, when, like I said, so when you have a lack of sleep, it's going to increase those blood sugar levels. Okay. And your and the insulin. So you're at risk of having an excess amount in your bloodstream, which if, like I said, can be stored in the liver and the muscles. But once those have been, those storage levels have been exceeded in those two places, it will then be stored as fat. Are you following? I think so. So when you, basically what I'm confused about, I understand what you just said. I I guess I'm getting confused. When you don't sleep as well, your insulin rises? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You become like uh, insulin sensitive. Hmm. Okay. Or no, sorry. Insulin resistance. Like, have you heard of what insulin resistance is? Yes. I don't know. You the want more insulin. It, you want, sorry, you want more insulin sensitivity. You'll become more insulin resistance. So insulin resistance is kind of goes along the line, along the lines of like blood sugar, like imbalanced blood sugar regulation. Ideally, we want to be our blood sugar to be in a very tight range. Like, you know, uh, I can't, I don't even want to throw out the numbers here because that's not a good idea. But anyways, you want it in a very tight range, like no spike or dip without like within Mm -hmm. like 30. I know what you're saying. Mega, like millidols or whatever. I don't remember what the measurement is. Ladies, what she's saying is that. She doesn't want you to get to a point where you're starving and you're getting sick because your blood sugar dropped. That's what I heard. So well, she's talking directly to me here. I mean, it's <laughs> like blood sugar management is a whole thing that we can talk about at another day. Um, and that might be like multi-part. But my point here is if you struggle with, if you're a diabetic, if you're pre-diabetic, if you are dealing with insulin resistance and you are not paying attention to your sleep or you're sleeping like shit, you have to regulate this and you have to make this a priority because you're perpetually putting yourself in a state of dysregulated blood sugar levels. Okay. Which will also lead to cuckoo bananas. It's valid that you're like going to go crazy. Like, Blood sugar management goes beyond just like the outer appearance. It's like diabetes is a brain disease. It can be brain disease. Like it's a number one contributor to Alzheimer's. So, Mm, so much more than like your outside. Yeah, it's wild. So my point is there's two things, two reasons why, you know, you want to care about your sleep. And like I said, it's regulating your hunger hormones, but then also it's, it's regulating your blood sugar and your blood sugar really matters, especially if you want to lose weight. Both of things really like both of the hunger hormone and the blood sugar. If you want to lose weight, lose fat, those things matter. Okay. So this is a why I wanted to leave you with like why I want you to know about this and why I want you to care. 
And now I want to talk about like, how can you do this? Like, how do you make it, make it a priority? Uh, what are some tips? Like I, Miranda has talked about this before. Like I value making my bedroom and our sleep routine. It's a huge part of our life and our lifestyle that I feel like I've really gotten good at mastering it and sharing this with my clients. And while I went through a stint of not sleeping, that was like very stress related. But even prior to that, ever I would say like since 2019, I've been really making a huge emphasis on optimizing my sleep. Yeah. I remember Rachel telling me all this stuff that she did to her house or her room and it just blew my mind because I just couldn't imagine doing that. Like yeah. I know I need to, but like, wow, priorities, your priorities are right. So, yeah. So let's go ahead and uh, get into a couple things that I'm going to just, I have a lot here. I'm not going to tell you guys everything because if you want the full um, document, I'll send it to you. Just uh, reach out to the Better Than Nothing podcast or even mine and I'll send it to you. Um, but uh, there's a couple things that I think are have there's misconceptions about that I want to talk about. So we're going to start with... Um, the ever-loving caffeine, okay? Mm-hmm. If you are struggling to fall asleep at night, look at how much caffeine you're consuming, okay? And just take a look at your cans, right? Like, if you're someone who drinks pop, if you're someone who drinks energy drinks, if you drink Starbucks, start to pay attention to how much of these things you're consuming. So maybe your coffee in the morning from Starbucks is only 120 milligrams. That's fine. But do you have an energy drink in the afternoon? That's 200. Oh, goodness. Right. Sorry. I just couldn't imagine. And and then maybe you have a diet pop with a dinner. Even Mm -hmm. though diet pop maybe only has 60 milligrams. Well, now you're close to 400 milligrams in just caffeine throughout the day. So let's just say it. So person A is drinking three caffeinated beverages, like one in the morning, one in the afternoon, one at night. And they want to fall asleep at 10 o'clock to wake up at 6 o'clock and get eight hours of sleep. Good luck. Okay? Mm -hmm. Good luck. And if you do fall asleep, what's that quality of sleep, right? Not great. So something I want you to start to pay attention to is your caffeine consumption. All right? So pay attention to that. I I would recommend, mm, me personally, I keep mine under 200. Uh, I recommend to clients under 300. Okay. The second thing on this here is please stop drinking it eight to 10 hours before you fall asleep. So that means usually for most people, like stop drinking it at noon, at least cut yourself off. Mm, that's so hard with the diet soda. Oh, I know. I get it. It's hard. It, it, yeah. But you, if you are, if this is your position where you're like really struggling or you're having struggling, falling asleep or staying asleep, you really want to consider your caffeine consumption. Yeah. Right. And I think this even goes hand in hand with like how anxiety, like oh, if you are, yes. oh goodness. Also, can An- I guess, uh, anxiety. And then also like if you have digestive issues, take a look at your caffeine consumption. Oh. Go ahead, Miranda. I was going to say, um, if you are somebody that is prescribed any medication for ADHD, so like a stimulant of any kind, that also includes Wellbutrin, which is a 
antidepressant. So like there's antidepressants that also are stimulants. If you are on a stimulant, limit that caffeine to like under 100 milligrams. We're talking one tiny cup of coffee in the morning. Okay. I'm telling you. Mm -hmm. And what I do is I alternate. So like uh, I'll have my cup of coffee at like 6 a.m. And then I'll take my Adderall at like seven, eight, nine around there. And it should be worn off by the time that everybody's ready to go to bed. So if that's you, hear this. <laughs> Limit that caffeine. Like no, it's it's so true. And it's like a huge topic. So I want to make sure we talked on that. The second thing here is creating a bedtime routine. Go to sleep and wake up at the same time every day. Okay. Like don't make it so hard on yourself. Like you could decide your bedtime, decide your wake up time. You need to regulate your circadian rhythm. Okay. And even just like on weekends, let's say you stay up an hour earlier, you're starting to dysregulate your circadian rhythm. So it's something to think about. Like I'm not perfect on the weekends, but during the week, you bet it like we go to sleep and wake up at the same time. Yeah, we don't have a choice. We have to wake up at the same time every single day. So, because my kids' circadian rhythm is flawless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and on the same note of circadian rhythm, um, to reset it every day, do your best to get out and view sunlight in the morning for at least, if it's bright sunlight, at least two minutes. If it's overcast, uh, uh, why am I saying, I don't want to say professionals, but I want to say experts recommend 30 to 40 minutes in overcast, um, or like a cloudy day in the morning of sunlight in the morning, in the morning, when you wake it's up, best, yes. And when you wake up, it's best to get both right. So in the morning and then in the evening getting, um, like low, uh, solar lighting as well to help start to stimulate that melatonin production because in the morning if you get that immediate sunlight you're going to stimulate the cortisol hormone which is what you want to start to wake up in the morning that is so forgive me annoying but like i get it but like oh my god <laughs> what <laughs> i'm just like thinking of my morning routine and like thinking to add going outside <laughs> Oh, if you're not doing it right now, Miranda, you need to start doing it. I like having my mornings outside for sure. Do I like my kids outside in the morning? No. <laughs> I right. Don't. And like take these tips with a grain of salt, especially if you're in a position where like, you know, some of these don't feel reasonable. Um, okay. Next thing I want to talk about is... Um, what did I want to, I have a couple, but I don't want to, oh, I know. Okay. Something that I've made a huge shift on is two things. The first being stop using like overhead lighting at like, if you can, like 30 minutes prior to bed. So even if you're just using lamps or candles, it's going to be a lot better than overhead lights because that's blocking your melatonin production. What? Mm -hmm. Same with like blue light blocking glasses with like electronics. You want to start to get in like this 
overhead lighting is keeping you awake. Like, how do you wake up? How do people even wake up? Like, why do you think overhead lighting is at work? It's to keep you awake. You want to know what I feel is annoying about this is that I feel like I knew that and I was like doing that like instinctively and like I was being fought by like, let's turn on all the lights. And I'm like, can we please just turn them to actually, actually, it's not instinctively. I learned this when um, her pediatrician, Amelia, as a brand new mom, 22. I was like, I can't get her to sleep at night. And she was like, do you have lights on in the house? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. She's like, turn them off. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. It seems simple, but like you don't realize yeah. like what you're doing. So <laughs> we like to watch TV at night, right? Like we'll watch probably like a, sh- a show or something and all the house, all the lights in the house are off. We just have the TV. Sometimes I'll wear blue light blocking bla- glasses. Sometimes I won't. But when we go up to bed, I have either like my reading light or we have a lamp on. And that's our only, that's the only lighting. And then I'm also going into my next point, which is if you can, like at least 30 minutes prior to bed, just no electronics. I Mm -hmm. encourage you to get in the habit of reading. I think that's a beautiful way to set yourself up to like relax and be able to fall asleep. Um, I think it's like a beautiful way to end the day versus like falling asleep with the TV, which like I said, blue lights are going to stunt your melatonin production, which is the hormone to help you fall asleep. Interesting. I, I couldn't agree more. I will have to get my husband to hop on this little train here. How did you get Chad on this train here? Because I feel like men don't really care about this kind of stuff a lot of the time. Mm, Chad like loves to sleep. He's like the it's the best like time of the day. So it wasn't that big of a a convincing to do. He's probably happy we go to bed at nine o'clock every night. So yeah. Okay. I gotta ask how maybe this is just because I'm a, a mom. Where do you have time for sex? Um, <laughs> you don't have to answer it, but like, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, okay, nine o'clock is like, like eight we to nine. Yeah. I will say this. Like we don't have sex at night, like rarely maybe. Yeah. I mean, I'm a morning girly. That's such a shame that my husband's not home in the morning. Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> okay. So next point I'll say is because here's, here's the thing. When, okay, so when, when men have an orgasm at night or when they have an orgasm, there's a hormone that goes off that helps them actually fall asleep. When women do, it actually is stimulating to wake them up. So I mm. like have written that off. I just, I mean, and sometimes, you know, you like, you take one for the team, but most often <laughs> most often we do not because it it does it wakes me up so yeah i have to not let vito hear half of this information and i'll just only share the one part <laughs> okay last thing and then we need to wrap this up but um if you're in this point where you feel like maybe you've done all these things and you want to try like some sort of supplementation, 
that is a consideration. I highly recommend magnesium. Uh, Bio Optimizers mm-hmm. has a really good magnesium. It has like multiple different magnesium um, uh, concentrates maybe. So like different types of magnesium because certain types cer- help certain things. And these types all support uh, healthy sleep. So magnesium and I use melatonin. Every um, night? Uh, it, I cycle off of it. I was it's more at, yeah, it's more at this point like a comfort, I would say. Um, but I don't need it. So, but it okay. is just something that to consider if you're struggling with it. I don't recommend taking melatonin if you have kids that may come into your bed. And the reason I say that is because if you have a small child and they come into bed with you and you're knocked out, like sleeping like the dead, there is risk of suffocation there. I don't know if that's like too dark to bring up. Just a thought. Okay. Just a thought. That's all I want to say. I mean, there's like, you'll, you'll hear experts even talk about like uh, melatonin isn't the greatest. Like you really should be on a dose that's like pretty low Mm -hmm. and the melatonin we get at the drugs like at grocery stores can be it can have actually like a lot more dosage than what is on the label so there Mm. are there are conflicting opinions on melatonin for me it's been kind of a lifesaver so I like it I use magnesium I also use a product from bio optimizers which is like sleep breakthrough and that's been great so I love magnesium. I also, it's also prescribed for those with ADHD. Uh, It is a game changer adding it into your routine. Every night I take a zinc and a magnesium and something else that's mixed in there. I think B6. Uh, Yeah. Take those at night. Don't take your magnesium in the morning. Yes. So, all right, y'all. That was the sleep information i wanted to give you give you guys today let me know if you have any questions and if you'd like to get your hands on this document that would i would be more than happy to share it with y'all and thank you miranda for sharing with us your hair tips and tricks oh you're welcome i got so many please ask me ask me anything i've been dying to tell people this stuff (laughs) (laughs) okay let's wrap this up i'll talk to you later okay bye like follow us bye